Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, it's October as we're recording this podcast, and October around Champaign-Urbana usually is the time people start asking the question, is it basketball season yet? And while they haven't tipped off yet, uh, Illinois is about ready to start practice, their workouts are in full bore, and Friday, October 1st, we have Basketball Media Day for us locally, so we get to put, talk to all the players, and uh, Brad Underwood, I'm sure, uh, could take questions for about an hour and a half from us media, because we're looking for for good hashtag content to, to get us out of the football malaise right now, but Derek Piper, it is almost basketball season yet, and uh, Central Illinois football fans can't wait to, to focus on something else other than the Bears and Illini football right now. Yeah, weekends, Saturdays, and Sundays. Uh, not not the best for those that love football here around here in Central Illinois and whatnot. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not folding up this folding up shop in the season just yet. I still want to see what Justin Fields has, and hopefully Brett Bielema and company can beat Charlotte and see where this thing goes from here. But the NCAA calendar says it's basketball season. Now that you can have in-season practice as of this past Tuesday in Illinois, I think starting on Friday would be their first one. But that's when we get to talk to Brad Underwood and the players that you were talking about. Illinois basketball media. We'll have Big Ten media days coming up here in about a week. So it's going to get rolling here really, really quick. And it's an exciting time. Again, we're going to have the privilege of covering a top 10, top 15 caliber team, opportunity to win the Big Ten, and a lot of excitement for good reason around this team. Yeah, and uh, one legitimate already college superstar coming back, right? Like Kofi Coburn just changes everything he has already about this program along with Io DeSumo. Uh, but Illinois has been winning ever since he came back uh, or he, he got here. And then to come back just means a third season of Illinois basketball uh, barring health. Like they are, they are going to be very good because Kofi Coburn is a part of this team with good pieces around him. And as we know, uh, a bona fide, probably rising star in Andre Corbell, he played like a star late in the season anyway. Uh, and then you get so many guys back, Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams. And uh, to have those two guys, Kofi and, and Andre at Big Ten Media Days, it's just like rock stars. Like they are, they are rock stars around here. I think people who watch college basketball, that's one of the most exciting duos uh, in the country, Derek. So uh, I, it sounds like there's not going to be a midnight, midnight madness, but it felt like if there's going to be a season to do it, it would be this one just because fans back. They didn't get to see this team last year, and most of the team outside of the legendary Iowa DeSumo are back. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to have one of those. but And there was some talk here throughout early on in the fall about weighing the decision to potentially have it and uh, obviously it could be used as a recruiting tool as it's usually talked about if you're able to do it right if you're able to you know make it an attraction something that's entertaining to watch but uh, ultimately decided not to do it uh, I don't know what the the reasoning necessarily was maybe it was precautions with COVID still or, or just maybe w- putting pieces together in terms of the event itself but uh, it doesn't take away from that excitement being there and it's not many opportunities that you get a chance to really write your name and pen I mean some things could go wrong of course but 
Writing your name in the the top three of the Big Ten, uh, you don't get to do that every year, no matter who you are in this league. So, uh, for Illinois to get a chance to do that, you mentioned a lot of the the starring role guys, and, and then some other question marks like an Austin Hutchinson, Coleman Hawkins. We're getting a little bit closer to learning a little bit more about those guys and what they're going to bring this season. So, uh, yeah, let's let's tip it up and. Uh, Roll this season one more time. Uh, by the end of this podcast, let's go over our um, the 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 rankings we submitted to the athletic because you and I kind of combine on it, and they do their poll. Since the Big Ten doesn't like saying this team's picked to finish last, uh, we we do participate in the athletic poll, and we had Illinois, of course, very high in that. We'll go down that list because it's an interesting because I don't think the Big Ten's nearly as strong top to bottom, but it is very strong at the top. Um, I mean, the floor of this team, Derek, like you mentioned top three. I agree with that. I, I think the top three is pretty clear with Illinois, Michigan, and Purdue. And then I think Ohio State should be reckoned with. I mean, losing Dwayne Washington probably keeps them from being in that conversation, at least preseason. But you and I know how good E.J. Liddell is. Um, if you're not voting for Kofi Coburn for preseason player of the year, I hope it's E.J. Liddell because I think those are the two best players. But um, – I mean, if, if things don't go right, if this piece doesn't work, I mean, obviously injury can change everything, but top five feels like the floor of this team in, in the Big Ten, given what they have. Uh, and, of course, the ceiling is being possibly as good as you were last year uh, going into the NCAA tournament. Certainly, yeah. I think if you just lean on what you know about this team already, the very top with two All-Big Ten guys in uh, Curbelo and – Obviously, Kofi and, and Kofi's going to be first team All-American preseason. And I would imagine that he finishes in that realm as well and have a chance for National Player of the Year. You, we know what Trent is. We know DeMonte, Jacob Grandison. Those guys have all proven enough to where we can feel good about what they're going to be. And then there are those X factors mixed in with Hawkins and Hutcherson and uh, what's Omar Payne going to be. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, proven guy at the Power 5 level, at least in a role player uh, type of mode and, and a shooter off the bench. So um, as we talked about throughout the summer and this offseason is just the depth is very encouraging. Uh, and then if some of those those questions are just uh, other supporting cast members click into place. And then also I think that Curbelo's jump shot is a huge thing. Uh, if that really comes along and he takes it out of school step from year one to year two, that's a big part of Illinois. Um, being back in that in that realm of top 10 in the in the country and trying to win a Big Ten title. And this team, I know that it's been kind of the question all throughout the year uh, leading up to it is, could this team be as good as last year? Could it potentially be better? No matter where you stand, they could go farther. Like in terms of the tournament, that's not uh, really up for debate, I don't think. But yeah, I think it would be an injury or something to one of those top guys to really hit that floor beyond the top five. Because right now, I, I just don't see – I think it's three teams at the very top and then a decent gap even between those guys in, in Ohio State. Yeah. The other thing about this team, it's just such an old team. Um, you know, Kofi's, what, 21, uh, turning 22, I think, shortly. And then you have Grandison and Hutcherson. Like, we'll see what Hutcherson is. We'll talk about it. But 23 years old each. Trent Frazier's 23. DeMonte Williams is, is 23. You know, Coleman Hawkins is in his second season now, which we know uh, usually that's when a, a huge leap is made. Um, this is just a an older roster, Derek, that always seems to do well uh, in the Big Ten. Like regular season, I think that matters so much, just week to week to have those older teams. I haven't even mentioned Alfonso Plummer and Omar Payne, right? Alfonso Plummer's 23 years old, I think. So uh, to have those guys even add to that, 
that, that's huge for guys who have been through these battles. When you think of how many teams are resetting, Derek, in the Big Ten, I mean, you think of like Iowa, uh, Rutgers is really resetting with some of the losses they've had. I know they got Baker and, and Harper back, but like that, that bottom half that we talk about, some of those teams have really dropped down while Illinois is staying up top and just getting older. Yeah, even a team like Michigan State yeah. is looking for some people to step up into into roles where you've lost Aaron Henry and you lost Rocket Watts. And I know they're hoping to be better than they were last year as a collective unit. But uh, to that point that you were making, like how many times have we sat here in an offseason and said this freshman is going to be in the starting lineup and really needs to produce and needs to get past those growing pains as quick as possible, like an Io or like a Adam Miller and Corbello, because you're going to rely on those guys and you don't have to do that this year where you have, you know, three that were in that 100 to 150 range and they'd be lucky just to crack the rotation, even just one of those guys. Uh, and that does show the depth. It does show the experience. And yeah, it is, it's an older team. It's a team that uh, for the most part has played together a lot, uh, at least in terms of who you're expecting to throw out there in the starting lineup and to play major minutes for you. And if Omar can fit in and, and Plummer can fit into that mix, uh, it's something that you feel really good about. Yeah. So, Derek, I always enjoy the preseason, um, you know, media day press conference from Brad Underwood. We usually go like 40 minutes, but there's usually a lot of hype around a certain player, and he drops a comp, whether it's Jason Kidd, Mark Smith, whatever it is. Um, who's who's the hyped guy? Is it Hutcherson continually? Because obviously he's pumping up that one through the through the John Rothsteins of the world um, and Seth Davis. I think he's done that. Um, Coleman Hawkins, we've heard it about. Alfonso Plummer, Omar Payne. Like, who is it? Who gets most hyped tomorrow? Mm, that's a good question because it has been at different points in the offseason, different guys. Right away in the summer, it was Hutch. And, and really, you hear around the program, like, one of the top players in practice. Maybe sometimes, most days, other than Curbelo, the best guy out there. Uh, now, that was when Kofi wasn't back in, in Champaign. Then late in the summer, it was – Coleman Hawkins, we heard Brad Underwood say he's made as uh, as big of a stride as anybody or has had as good of a summer as anybody in our program. And here in the fall, the the whispers around the, the team is that Omar Payne has just been sensational and been fantastic. Now, how much is he actually going to get to play when you have a big guy in Kofi who's gonna, at least 25 minutes a game and probably 25 to 28? So, so Omar playing 15. Uh, I don't see him playing the four a whole lot. So – I think I think Omar will get a lot of praise, uh, but we haven't heard maybe Alfonso Plummer's that guy. Maybe it's his yeah. turn because I know he's been shooting the lights out, and that's kind of his his thing. So maybe he's next up. Maybe in this cycle of of hype, and I'm trying to think who he, as far as NBA comps or are ones that will just make fans go, oh boy, here we go again. Looks like Steph out there, guys. I can't. Oh right, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Uh, all right. Let's let's break this down a little bit. I mean, Omar Payne was such a, a key addition early in this offseason because if you don't have Kofi Coburn right, right now, like Omar Payne's playing 25 to 30 minutes a game, right, if he can if he can stay out of foul trouble. But to have him and Kofi, that's the best. Uh, you know, I know Purdue is loaded, but that is an unbelievable advantage against most teams uh, to have Kofi Coburn. And then, oh, if he has a bad day, Omar Payne is a capable backup at least, a capable rotation player who's a rim runner, can obviously make plays at the rim. Brad has really been building up the jumper, which I have to see before I believe it because he hasn't shown it in real games. So that's where I go, okay, that's off-season talk. I'm going to wait. But like to have that rim runner, like that's an upgrade over Georgie Bashanishvili. 
right? Um, now, Alfonso Plummer, like the addition, you are, you do have a small backcourt when he's out there, right, with Trent Frazier, Andre Cabello, and him. But he does give you a scoring punch that you lost um, with – Adam Miller had the capability of, of have, getting hot every once in a while. Just wasn't consistent with it. But I don't I don't think Plummer is going to be better than Adam Miller is going to be as a sophomore, right? So, but still, you added that piece, a different piece. What, what is your expectation for, for those two guys, Derek? Because obviously, everyone else should elevate their game. We're expecting Coleman Hawkins to get better, Curbelo to get better. You know, even Trent and Demonte can get better. Um, but like, what? How can those guys? take Illinois to the next level or, you know, how could that maybe Illinois take a step back there? I think you said it with pain in terms of his defensive impact in particular, when you look at last year and Illinois was top 20 nationally and two point field goal percentage defense, like second in big 10 play at really being able to control the paint and, and protect the rim. And a lot of that obviously was Kofi and his impact when guards would get in there or, or challenging big guys to score over him. Now we saw when Georgie would would be his replacement at the five, it was easy for him to get back down by some bigger centers or just not being a guy at six foot eight, six foot nine that could block shots. Well, Omar Payne can really cover a lot of ground defensively. He's really, really long. I think Fletch told me his wingspan seven six and he's got a, a great vertical. So uh, he's gonna be the best rim protector that I think that Illinois had since Brad's been here. I would say definitely that he's had since he's been here. Not that Kofi's been a, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in block shots and rim protector. I think you can be a rim protector without blocking a ton of shots. And I think Kofi's done that, but Omar is going to really be able to help Illinois take that step up even farther when Kofi's off the floor and protecting the paint. Yeah. You know, like I'm thinking of like a comp to him, like the low end of what it could be. Remember, was it Marcus Thornton? Um, or who is the, the big man at Michigan State? Long, skinny, pogo stick. But every once in a while, he'd come into a game and, like, dominate. Bingham? Bingham. Yeah, Marcus Bingham. Yeah. Like, he'd come in and, like, he just dominated a game defensively for a couple minutes because he could just block a shot so easily. Um, if he can provide that kind of role for, for Illinois, and I, I think Illinois' expectations are, are even higher for him. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about rim protector, probably the best since my guy, Nana, right? Like, yep. and, and offensively, I think they have similar questions. But, boy, to have that as your your second guy, I, I don't know if he's good defensively as Nana but and probably a better athlete, but that that's a, that's a huge, huge advantage coming off the bench. Yeah, it definitely is. And if there were a circumstance where Kofi get in foul trouble, he's going to have to prove it. But I think physically being developed and then just – what he's shown with that legit height and length. Like if he had to guard Hunter Dickinson for a decent chunk of the game or a Travion Williams or, or go on down the list in the Big Ten, you'd feel a lot better about that as opposed to what you felt last year in Georgie. I think offensively, like Georgie had the more advanced back to the basket game. I know that that was inconsistent at times past the freshman year. Uh, and Omar just hasn't shown that through his collegiate career, like having a whole lot to his game, back to the basket. Even, like you said, jump shooters taking three jump shots in college in two years, so I got to see that as well. Uh, but pick and roll, I think that based on what you hear and based on what you, you've seen on film, like he can really go up and catch the lob, and we know that Carbello can throw it as well as anybody, and that's going to be something that you would think he could get you know, three to four buckets a game at least just being able to catch lobs or uh, even just you know, add in a putback as well. Yeah, Kofi had 78 dunks last year, um, which is probably more than we saw in the entire John Gross era. 
uh, and probably Bruce He's- Weber era combined. <laughs> like it's it's unbelievable what Kofi does. Like this will probably like this season should set the record with dunks because I'm thinking of Andre Curbelo feeding both those guys. Like Curbelo should be able to get pain some some easy offense at some point, whether it's a lob or whether it's dicing through the paint and on the weak side there there's pain for any for an easy dunk. Like and he can do that, right? Like so that that that's my expectation for him, Derek, is just make an impact at the rim. Anything else seems like a big bonus. But how about Plummer? Yeah, with Plummer, I think you said it with Adam Miller taking a step up as a sophomore, which would have been fully expected. And when you lose Io to have – not that he would be the go-to scorer with Kofi, but in the backcourt he would be viewed as, as your go-to scorer. And um, you would expect that guy to really step up. Plummer's a little bit more of a supplemental catch-and-shoot type of guy. And on that note with catch-and-shoots, you look at Miller last year as a, as a catch-and-shoot guy. He hit a number of threes, but he wasn't necessarily – uh, to use the word elite, as Brad likes to say, uh, I think he shot about 35%, 36% on catch and shoots. And Plummer was like 47, uh, bordering on 48. Like, he was one of the best in the country uh, on, on catch and shoot opportunities. And that's essentially going to be his role. Like, you're going to see him in the corners uh, when Kofi gets the ball in the paint. He can kick it out if, if Kofi's going to get more assists this year, which I think that is something that he's been uh, coached up a lot on uh, this offseason or just. Uh, Curbelo sees you cheat inside. He's going to kick it to the, the corner or the perimeter. A guy that's really good in transition. He's very fast uh, and can really just fill it up for stretches of a game. Uh, so I think that's something that we can definitely predict out of him and expect him to shoot, you know, 40% from three and, and be a high volume three point shooter. But uh, defensively, I do have some questions. Like, I, yeah. I think that you do like that he is, he, he's decently strong for being a smaller guy because he's been in college for a while. He's an older guy. Uh, but if he has to guard threes, like if you are going to go with Curbelo, Trent, and and Plummer, it, Plummer probably be the guy you got to guard the three, and that's going to create some mismatches. So I think you're going to have to be you have to pick and choose how you want to play him and what lineup combinations you want him in. But overall, I think that instant offense when he's on the court is something you're definitely going to be expecting. Yeah, I, I feel like this team could be even more dangerous offensively, Derek. Just explosive. Um, with their three-point shooters and the pace they can play with with the guys they have. Defensively, I'm interested to see how they change. But I, I'm looking at like the Ken Palm stats. I'm, I'm, I'm making my call. I think the biggest changes of these Ken Palm stats uh, could be three-point attempts per field goal attempt. They were 320 last year out of 355 whatever Division One teams. 30% of their field goal attempts were, were three-pointers last year. I expect that to go way up. Like It would not surprise me if they're top 100 in the country, certainly top half. Defensively, um, how do you see them change? I mean, obviously, Kofi, when you have Kofi, you're probably going to do something similar. Uh, but do they get more aggressive on the perimeter with guys like DeMonte, smaller guards, trying to force turnovers? Because they didn't force a lot of turnovers. They were really good defensively last year, but they didn't force a lot of turnovers. That, that would be one area I think they change. But when Kofi's your center, you're probably going to continue to do what you did last year. Yeah, I still think the goal is going to be the same in terms of pack line type of principles, not gambling too much i mean you give trent frazier the freedom to to go after a steal if he sees the opportunity i think that Plummer would be the same way and maybe there are some different lineup combinations where you play a different style i think when when omar Payne's in the game maybe you're doing some different things in ball screens maybe you're switching maybe you're hard hedging Uh, maybe when you play a smaller guard lineup you're you are pressing more on the ball handlers and the passing lanes to try to get some steals so maybe just having the variation of, of different things you can do defensively is something this team will have versus last year where it was pretty 
pretty standard. And I mean, look, they were they were very good on defense last year. So uh, changing anything uh, wouldn't necessarily have to be the case. But you think about you know Adam Miller wasn't like a huge guard, but he was six three and uh, had, had some length to him. And obviously, Io was very long and could get in passing lanes and everything. So if you're going to not be as long on the perimeter, maybe you, you would dial up the heat a little bit. I think overall it's it's pretty much the same goal and still having, like we talked about, Kofi in the paint, Omar in the paint. Uh, if if people are going to go in there and try to score, you feel pretty good about being able to contest. All right, Derek, can I give you some rapid-fire questions before we get to recruiting and our Big Ten rankings? Uh, Kofi's stat line, points and rebounds. Oh, crap. Uh <laughs> 20 and 12. Wow. See, I, I, do, I do think the rebounds are going to be higher than people even expect. Um, the points I'm interested in, because does, does he play long enough? Do they, do they feel like they have to play him 30 minutes with pain? Like, does he go under that? There's only four guys uh, in the last, since 1993 who have averaged 20 and 10. I think we've gone over this list before, but it was um, Daniel Toro was the most recent, Chris Humphreys, Evan Eschmeyer, and Glenn Big Dog Robinson. So that, that stat line, I'm wondering if, if he gets to. The points, I think, are harder for him probably than the rebounds. Um, it'll be interesting. All right, who starts the season at the four? Who ends the season at the four? You're going to start Jacob Grandison at the four. And I think you're going to end the season with Coleman Hawkins at the four. Which freshman cracks the rotation? You're going to get so many people angry at you by answering this oh, question. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, Luke Goody would be the one who's – He's the best candidate right now. I think that he will be the guy that will be the first off the bench of the freshman. Okay. Um, what, how many points per game does Austin Hutcherson average? Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, All right, I'll give you an over-under. How about that? Seven. Okay. I'll go over. I think over seven, below 11. So we're somewhere in between there, maybe nine. How about, how about nine? That's pretty good. I would take that in an instant. I mean, some people are, you know, building them up to be like 15 points a game right away. And maybe you can do that, but hey, I'll I'll take nine points a game on this team. Uh, okay, and let's see, what is the who is the worst matchup in the Big Ten for Illinois? Hmm, it's a good question. Got to see that out of Michigan, right? I mean, they're very, very talented. Very talented. I'm going Ohio State. Yeah, I just they got all them big wings. And and those fives who can stretch the floor with Kyle Young and when they play EJ Liddell, even though EJ Liddell won't want to play there, like that's that's a tough matchup uh, for Illinois. So I, those Ohio State games, I'm always concerned about just because I think matchup wise, like Purdue, I think Illinois because they have Kofi can out Purdue Purdue, um, yes. and they got better guards, right? Well, Jaden Ivey's gonna be pretty good, but uh, I just think they have more depth at the guards. Those will be fun matchups, but uh, Ohio State, even a team like Maryland, sometimes like with Dante Scott. Uh, they got a bunch of big wings. Like that, that's where Illinois is a, a little weaker. They don't have the big wings, which is why they added the freshman they did. It's not going to be Nebraska this year. Like it was last year. No, I, was <laughs> I think I think Freddie's boys will be a little bit better. We'll talk about that yeah. here uh, coming up. Derek, recruiting. Let's get an update. What is Illinois going to add in 2022? Is a great start. Been kind of stalled out ever since then, and also a big recruiting weekend for them in state uh, with some younger guys as well. And we'll get to our order of finish in the Big Ten R rankings heading into the season as well. That's coming up next on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Derek Piper, great guards. Uh, That's no longer a problem. Illinois continues to add them. Jaden Epps coming in next year. Sincere Harris coming in next year, assuming they sign, which they will in November. Uh, But nothing since then. Nothing since that nice, you know, surge in the summer there with Chester Frazier. And, of course, uh, the two decommits have gone on elsewhere. Uh, But uh, where are we at here in the class 2022? Because this is a time a lot of guys are committing, a lot of visits happening, and we're about a month and a half away uh, from the early signing period. So just get us up to speed on where Illinois is at in the class 2022. As you mentioned, riding that wave of momentum back in July, you got got two commits from Jaden Epps and then Sincere Harris in the span of two weeks. And you were hoping that that would really lead to Another commit, obviously, as we talked about, Cam Corn was a big miss uh, for this staff, and, and you're hoping that maybe uh, you win a, a home run type of swing and a, and a Cam Whitmore or maybe a Jaden shoot. I know you didn't get a visit there, but uh, it's the waters have calmed, and, and you've taken some swings, and uh, some guys still have some decisions to make here very shortly, like Otego away is going to announce on Friday you're going to have Cam Whitmore here pretty soon. Uh, Ty Rogers is going to have to wait a little bit while – a little while longer. Um, as we talked about here within the last month, the board has thinned out here recently. Uh, you have Cam Whitmore, who's going to make a decision here pretty soon. And Illinois shot, you know, had to shoot your shot with that type of a talent being from around Baltimore and his relationship with Chester. But uh, it's tough with only being a two-hour drive from Villanova and all the success that they've had, and they've won two titles in the last decade. They're the odds-on favorite to be able to secure his commitment uh, Otego away. That's when you got in late. So did Oklahoma, which there's been some buzz that they're going to be actually the pick. Uh, but Penn State has also been pretty strong for a while. So I think it would be Oklahoma or Penn State. I've heard Oklahoma here recently. Nothing for sure. I don't. It's not going to be Illinois. I know that for sure. Uh, and then Ty Rogers, where that's you're hoping that's Tim Anderson's big, big first splash and his arrival as a recruiter and what he can do and. Uh, as we talked about before, the Mean Street's connection, uh, that's something that is definitely at play here. But you're going to have to wait this thing out. He's got some big visits coming up. He's at Michigan State this weekend. He's got Memphis on the schedule. He's got Alabama on the schedule for visits. All three of those programs recruit pretty well. Uh, so that's going to be difficult, to say the least. But I think they have done a good job with him. It's just whether you can sustain this these next couple of weeks against those other big players. So beyond that, you're – you don't really have any headliners if, if you missed on Whitmore away and Rogers. I'm not saying you're missing on Rogers. Rogers would be the one of the three that you still have a, a decent shot at right now. But I would understand why some people are disappointed in the missed opportunity of having the, the really early success with the two top 100 guards and, and not being able to parlay it with another big get in this class, if that is ultimately the case. 
but if you have to go to the transfer portal for some other pieces, it's not the worst thing in the world for a team that's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, and that that's a, that'll be interesting is how much can they sell um, in the spring? Because let, let's be honest, Derek, like this team should be really good again. And, and maybe two years in a row – uh, makes them, you know, and, and maybe into the NCAA tournament, you get to the second weekend, right? Like that's where they really miss that kind of buzz around their program. Uh, but obviously they've been able to get talent and they're still adding talent. You know, you get Omar Payne for several years, you get Jaden Epps and Sincere Harrison, you know, you probably don't get Kofi for a fourth year here, but Curbelo, there's a decent chance he comes back for a third year. I'm not saying he will, um, but but you could get him back, and that's another really good season with all the guys uh, that you have. Um, and if Austin Hutcherson's really good, you could have him for another. You know what I mean? Like, so you could still build on that. Um, plus, the staff has been pretty good in the spring, right? Like they've they've found guys that are uh, pretty impactful uh, in in the spring and. You know, if they if they can sell that, um, if they can find some guys, you know, be able to capitalize off another good season, that'll be uh, pretty interesting to watch. Plus, as you said, the transfer portal j- just completely changes everything because you know last year they get R.J. Melendez and, and Brandon Podzimski, uh, Podzimski in in the second half this spring, and now if you can add more guys and if you know Kofi does move on, what a sell that is to another center prospect or a four prospect if they can finally land uh, the four prospects that they really really want, and then you should have plenty of guard space, right? And and what guard wouldn't want to play on an offense where Iodasumu was free to do what he did? Andre Curbelo has been free uh, to do what he did. Apparently Adam Miller didn't, but I think a lot of that was Curbelo having the ball in his hands and. You know, I, I just, I, I still, uh, my panicometer is, is very low uh, on talent accrual uh, with Brad Underwood and this staff right now. I, I get it. You said it. They miss an opportunity. I agree with that. They miss an opportunity maybe to really blow the lid off this class and kind of do what Ohio State's doing, which is really, really impressive, or Michigan. And those are the teams when it comes to talent accrual that you're trying to keep up with. Yeah, I agree with all that. And this has been a team that, the last four years, you've been in the top five in the Big Ten recruiting rankings, I think three of those. And last – no, it was 2019 was the one exception. You did have Kofi in there. So I think that uh, – while you didn't have maybe the, the full collection of the pieces to, to put you up there, you did have what's likely going to be a, a two-time first-team All-Big Ten type of guy. But, uh, yeah, as you were talking about – and we're talking – we're looking at filling roles and filling needs and – uh, the big man is, is of course, going to be one where you, you do feel good about Omar Payne. You're going to want to add more depth. And if you do do it with uh, another kind of veteran in college, an older guy to pair with Omar Payne, that, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I know they do want to add a longer-term big man and find that solution, even if it is more of a developmental piece. And we can talk about some of the guys they've offered here recently. They've offered a couple of those. William Berg uh, being from overseas and Illinois and Purdue are his two big offers right now. And then – Dare I say it, Adrame Dianga. Yeah, I think I think I did okay uh, in terms of Arizona Compass prep, and he's from Senegal and Illinois, Kansas, and Texas have all offered him within the last week. He's a really long, very thin, big man, seven foot. He's listed like two hundred pounds. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's very. If he is heavier than that, it's not by very much. Uh, he's a good athlete, can block shots. Uh, that is something that they're interested in adding. And then, of course, would that guy, whether it be Berg or Dianga or whoever that is, would that be your second big man behind Omar Payne? No, not necessarily. Yeah. I think you'd still be in the mix in the portal. Uh, but with your two guards, you lose Frazier, you lose Plummer, you lose DeMonte. They do want 
You look at DeMonte's role, kind of that tougher two-way guard. I think they looked at away being that. And if they're not they're not getting him, like finding that in the portal is something that's obtainable. I think they can do that. Uh, and like we talked about, just the amount of talent that's in the portal in, in the spring and for a team that's going to have a lot of success. And Carmelo says, I'm, I'm going going to some point guard and saying, hey, we got Jaden Epps, the freshman is really good, but we need someone who can be in that mix and maybe play 20 minutes a game or maybe even be our starter. That would be very attractive. Yeah, I think when it comes to high school kids, Derek, as you said, developmental big at this point because there's not a guy I think is going to come in and be uh, the number two center you want. Uh, I, I would think so. Uh, big guard that can play two ways. And then kind of a different piece. I kind of like this offer. Keyshawn Hall is really intriguing to me. Um, listen, he's not the most athletic guy, probably not going to jump through a gym. But that body type at 6'7", Got a lot of baby fat on him, but I kind of like that for a team that hasn't had that here recently. And is just really skilled. Uh, really, he's just so different than any piece they have on the roster. And I know I made the comment on our board, like maybe Brad Underwood saw Mark Vitale and just said, like, I, I'd like a piece like that. A guy who can kind of create offense, be a bully. Vitale was a much better recruit ranking-wise at that time. I know that. But just that kind of piece they, they don't have on the roster. We keep talking about fours that are skilled. That guy looks full, like a foreign skill. I I don't know. I haven't seen him enough live there, Derek, but he intrigues me. The 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 offer intrigues me. Yeah, he is very intriguing. It's a crazy story. Like for a guy that went in July with literally zero D1 offers and now has, I believe, 15 to 20, and now is starting to get some high majors. You got Illinois, Texas AM, South Carolina. He told me that Georgetown is, is close to offering. Uh, it sounds like Illinois definitely likes him. Like and you always wonder sometimes with some of these offers, are they going to be a take? Are they really that serious? Are they just putting their name in just to get in the mix? Uh, I think that they like him a decent amount. Like uh, in particular, like if he's the backup plan for Ty Rogers. And uh, again, I don't think Illinois is out by any means on Ty Rogers. It's just going to be a tough get. Um, but in terms of what you're talking about with his skill set, he is he's different. Like, he's different than a lot of people in this class, but. Like his handle for being that big is is pretty crazy. He's a very good playmaker. He's a very good passer. He's just kind of that multidimensional piece that you can put in a number of different positions. I would wonder about what he wants his role to be in college because he talks about wanting the ball in his hands enough and wanting to be kind of a bit be a big guard uh, and that whole kind of deal. Does he see that at Illinois with Jay Neps and with if Carbello's here and that kind of deal? Does but. Underwood bring back the spread offense, <laughs> and he can run it from <laughs> from the uh, do the what? Oh, the pinch post. Yeah, yeah the pinch post. Bring nice the pinch post back. It would. No, I don't think that's coming back. Um, yeah, that, we could spend a whole pot on talking about <laughs> that offense. Um, no, no knock on Brad. I think it worked. It definitely worked with Stephen F. Austin. I just don't know uh, if he had the pieces early on. The lobs to Aaron Jordan didn't work for you. <laughs> 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 love Aaron but it was just like yeah that yeah. Need, need a different piece there nah didn't work <laughs> but yeah he's he's very intriguing different and Brad talks a lot about having different pieces yeah. and and different skill sets and like if he's an option at the four and then a, a Coleman Hawkins who continues to develop like that would just be a nice contrast of styles that you could throw in there and plug and play yeah uh he's slowly becoming Derek I'm I'm, I'm scared to do this my guy 
in this class. Oh, I, he's just, I gotta watch more of them, but like I'm just really intrigued. Uh, as long as you say it, and I don't. <laughs> that's right, because you ain't getting them if Derek says it. Uh, <laughs> all right, big recruiting weekend coming up, Derek. I know they got uh, uh, some underclassmen coming in, uh, especially the sophomores. Is our guy Scott Burgess said the top five ranked in-state sophomores? That's the class of 2024, including three kids from Chicago St. Rita. We got to go watch them apparently because uh, they are loaded. James Brown, uh, Jaden Rada, and uh, Marez Johnson, who's who's gotten a bunch of offers here recently but but also a couple more kids like what what a big weekend Derek is like in state like obviously Io came here Adam Miller came here but the last couple classes they haven't been able to land those top kids so to get that early start I think is a, is a positive yeah I think it's a big opportunity when you think about practice just starting and the buzz around the program and the excitement I think that in-state players would have to come and see Kofi up close and Curbelo and uh, just what Illinois has going on for a team that is a Big Ten title contender. And uh, I think that when you look at these guys who in 24, I mean, as you said, Scott Burgess says he's the five top in-state guys in 2024. So sophomores in high school, they're really establishing early on in their recruitments. Like we are a big player. It's not like a couple of years ago where you're telling recruits, okay, we're going to arrive. We haven't gotten there yet. We're going to do this and this and Maybe it's already pre-established in their heads. Like Illinois isn't at the level of a Michigan State or, you know, fill in the blank of where some of these in-state players have left to go. I'm not saying that that's going to prevent Duke from still coming and, and hunting and getting what they want sometimes and or Gonzaga or whatever. Uh, but to, to have these guys on campus early is important. And when you think about James Brown, Marez Johnson, and Nojus Andrew Sidis, I'm being challenged to, with pronunciation. I think you got it. I think you nailed I think, it there. I think I got it. From Lamont High School, all three of those guys play for Mean Streets. Mm. And that's a, a nice connection where you have Tim Anderson, who was the program director for Mean Streets. Brown made a big move from Mac Urban Fire, who we played with throughout the spring and summer this year. Going to play with Mean Streets here going forward. Spicy. Uh, with, yeah, it is spicy. <laughs> yeah, those guys are good. Like. Uh, I know that Brown and Marez Johnson are guys that probably people, if you're familiar with in-state recruiting or just recruiting in general, probably heard their names. Marez is very athletic, six foot seven forward. It's thought to be, have the upside of like a top 50, maybe even top 30 type of player if he puts it all together. And James Brown is a, I, I really liked him as a center who can uh, make an impact at both ends of the floor. He can block some shots. Uh, he's, he's very good with his back to the basket. Uh, and has the ability as he develops to extend out to the mid-range, maybe even shoot the three-point jumper. Uh, I think he's a very, very good prospect. And then uh, you mentioned Jaden Reyna, who plays with Johnson and Brown at St. Rita. Uh, he plays on Team Rose in, in AAU. He's a very, very good shooter at the guard position, good handle, can make some things happen. Illinois offered here during this fall, so he's one to watch as well. And then Cooper Koch out of Peoria, Notre Dame, where his dad played at Iowa, so you know that – They've been in early. They have the family pull, and that's something you're going to have to overcome. But um, in-state guy, six foot seven, shoots it well for a big man. Probably's got another inch or two to grow. Uh, getting all five of those guys on campus at the same time is, yeah, it's nothing to scoff at. That's a that's a nice pull. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a really good foundation there. All right, Derek. Before we get out of here, uh, let's focus on the Big Ten and uh, what this looks like. Because as we said, there's a lot of teams, especially Iowa. 
Penn State, Minnesota resetting. And, and, and Penn State and Minnesota, I know we don't think of those as competing with Illinois here in the last couple of years, but those are programs that have been pretty tough outs here uh, the last couple of years. Uh, and as you said, Michigan State, Rutgers, Wisconsin loses a ton this year. Might not be a terrible thing for them after last year and all the issues they had. But all right, let's let's our athletic, our submission to the athletic, our number one team, homers, we went Illinois. Derek, why did you go Illinois number one? I went Illinois number one because I really boiled it down to mixing and matching them with the other top with the other guys in the top three. When you look at Michigan, you look at Purdue. I just think Kofi is the ultimate trump card. Kofi is a problem for Purdue because if they put Travion on him, he doesn't have the size uh, to really combat him and, and to guard him to make sure that he can't get to where he wants and, and be able to score. And then if you look at Travion's numbers against Illinois, like he had a hard time scoring in high volume against Kofi because, you know, he's three inches taller than him. And Zach Eady, I know that he had a nice summer playing for Team Canada. I just – I think that Kofi still has a, a legit edge over him. Love Jaden Ivey. Um, and they have a lot to talk about in terms of you're talking about an older – now that's considered an older team, a veteran team, a great coach in Matt Painter. And then you look at Michigan, I think that the fact that they have just a lot unproven in their freshmen. Like, they have a ton of talent. Uh, Caleb Houston coming in. Uh, is a five-star on the wing who can really, really shoot it. You obviously know about Hunter Dickinson. Uh, I just think that some of those other young pieces, I would lean towards the Trent Frazier's of the world, the Curbelo who's played in the league for a whole year. Uh, I I just trust Illinois' depth more and and more of their veterans against what Michigan has, even though I think that it's going to be a heck of a race. And if Michigan figures it out sooner rather than later, they, they could be really tough. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, Derek. Uh, the reason I picked Illinois is because I think they're the best regular season team. And I think it's mostly because of Kofi Coburn um, and, and just the veterans they have. Uh, I agree with you. Like I'm between Illinois and Purdue because I think those are the two best regular season teams, most battle-tested, uh, and I just think they are built to win 15, 16 games uh, in a Big Ten schedule. I think it's a little softer towards the bottom this year. I think they're going to run rough shot over the bottom of this league with their, their big men. Uh, and then Jaden Ivey, Andre Curbelo, obviously very talented. So I just, I think it's between those two teams. And like you said, I just think Kofi is the Trump card to Purdue. Uh, he has owned them <laughs> the, the couple times they have played um, Michigan. I think could be the scariest team in the NCAA tournament. So Michigan, if there's a Michigan fan listening to this, I think your team is really good. Uh, despite the animosity between these two programs, which I love that, that this is now a rivalry. Um, I think Juwan Howard's a heck of a coach. I had questions about it year one last year. I was really impressed by him, including the NCAA tournament run. They are going to be scary, but I think they'll go through their, their pains. Right. And I think guys like Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, I think are going to have an edge. Um, you know, obviously they can be taken advantage of maybe with the size that Michigan has, the athleticism they have, um, but I just think during a regular season, those guys are a little bit better. To be honest with you, I thought about Ohio State over Michigan, even though Ohio State without Dwayne Washington, I don't know if they have as much firepower, but that's another veteran team uh, with EJ Liddell, who I, everyone knows I think is ridiculously special um, and just a lot of depth. He's got a lot of wing players, and uh, he's recruited good talent. I think Chris Holtman's a, a heck of a coach. So I think those are the top four. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if – 
one of those teams won and one of those teams was four. I think Illinois and Purdue are probably the safest bets there, but uh, that's a really good top four in the league. And then you go, Derek, to the next group, which I think is Maryland, Indiana, Michigan State. That's that's the order we had. I might have had Maryland in the range of four if they would have gotten everybody back, but they didn't. Um, and then Indiana, you know, Mike Woodson's done a heck of a job getting some talent there and keeping everybody there. And then Michigan State, I just never count out Tom Izzo. So, what do you think about that group, the Maryland or the Ohio State, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan State group? Yeah, I agree with everything you said as far as that being the next tier. Uh, Maryland had an opportunity if they would have gotten Marcel back uh, and Wiggins back right. to be able to be up in that kind of top ranging group. I know Andy Katz had him as number one in the power ranks at one point this offseason, that was before Kobe was coming back and everything sorted out. But uh, that was a missed opportunity for them. I, think, I still think they'll be tough NCAA tournament type of team. Indiana, can they get Christian Lander? to be what he was as far as the high school prospect. That's a big thing for them because they do have some some good other pieces with Trace and with Race Thompson. Uh, Miller Cops, a, a role player that can maybe uh, benefit from a change of scenery. They got some some decent pieces. If, if I could take a piece from another team in the Big Ten besides like EJ Liddell, besides the stars, like Race Thompson would be very high. Like I love watching that guy play. And it, there's games where I'm like, that guy's making as big of an impact as Trace Jackson Davis. But I agree with you. It's do they have a guard that can go get a bucket? And, and there's a lot of pressure on Christian Lander to be that. Yeah, Race gave Illinois some problems last yeah. year in terms of the matchup of the four. He's athletic. He plays really hard, uh, can rebound. But that is what Indiana has lacked, and I think three-point shooting. Just like perimeter scoring throughout the Archie Miller tenure was really lacking. It was something they didn't have, and, and that obviously led to his demise. And, and Michigan State, like you said, never count him out. Uh, but they are – leaning decently heavy on like a Max Christie to really pop as a freshman. Then he's capable. Uh, I just think that is a lot to put on a freshman's shoulders. I think that's kind of maybe one of the differences between, you know, some of those older veteran teams like Illinois, Purdue, um, even Ohio State versus a team like Michigan State. All right. Then we had, I believe this would be the next tier, Rutgers, who's Miles Johnson, which I think is is, is a huge, huge loss. Uh, but I, I like the way Pykel's teams play. You get Harper – Geo Baker back. Omar Rui, right, should take a step forward. Wisconsin, I I don't know. Like I like Jonathan Davis, right? But I I don't know what else is besides Brad Davison coming back for an 18th year. Uh and then Iowa. Um, Bohannon's back again for an 18th year. And, and I love um, you know, their their sophomore forward who is really, really good. Um, Keegan Murray. Yeah, yeah, Keegan Murray. And you get the McCaffrey brothers back, and they got a, a transfer in Philip Rebecca. But this is starting to get to the group that NCAA tournament seems like a to- like a toss-up at best, and I probably have them on the the other side of the bubble. Like I, I don't see the Big Ten getting much more in seven teams in the NCAA tournament. This is kind of the crew where I think it's the cutoff. I think they'll be in the race. They'll be in those, you know, last five in, last eight in, but I just don't know if they have enough firepower to get in. Yeah, I was probably going to need Bohannon to score 20 a game mm-hmm. with what they've got going on there and just the, the losses they had. I don't like Wisconsin at all, which I know that you could say that in different off seasons and been dead wrong. Uh, I would be completely shocked. I think the, the shock value, if they somehow found their way into the top six in the Big Ten with what they have, it would just be mind-blowing. 
but yeah, because uh, they, they obviously had issues, Derek. Like, and maybe the reset of all that, they're better because they're just more together than they were last year. But Micah Potter was a good player. Trice was a good player, and you're losing those yep. guys. So, you know, Davison, Davis, Tyler Wall. Ben Carlson. I mean, these are such Wisconsin names, by the way, but like, that's like, I, what is that? I, I don't know what that is. So we're going to learn a lot about Greg Gard this year, I guess more so. It's not going to be good. I, I, I feel it's not going to be good. And Rutgers losing miles Johnson and Jacob young are two big losses yeah. for them. Otherwise there are pieces on that team, obviously with Harper and uh, to a lesser extent Baker that you still like Paul McKay. Don't forget about uh, him. Even lesser extent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's metrics, Derek, that are very high on Northwestern. A lot, everything's coming back basically for them. So I guess that's probably why. But like, how much better can they get? Like Boo Booey, Chase Audige, Pete Nance, Robbie Brand, Ty Berry, Ryan Young. Like, you know, it's just a. Is there enough talent there? Is there enough to compete in the Big Ten and eke out eight wins, nine wins? I, that's I find that very. Maybe they can against the the bottom of this Big Ten that we're talking about. That that seems pretty pretty vulnerable. Maybe for teams that aren't going to just eat them alive in the paint. Yeah. Like I, I think that's when you have Young and, and Robbie Barron down there. Like Pete Nance is a, is a nice piece. I think that uh, he showed like as far as offensive game, like stretching the floor a little bit and uh, being able to do some different things. He's a good athlete, uh, and they have a couple of good guards. Like Bowie's good and. Uh, Adige Bowie was very inconsistent though. So inefficient guards, I, like kind of chuckers. Yeah, that, that's my problem. Like if they had a guard who was efficient, like if they had a um, Macintosh or Demetric Trice or something like that, yeah, like if they had too. that kind of player, I'd feel a lot better about them. It just sometimes those guys look like real chuckers. Yep. All right, not working for them. Yeah, and then the bottom. Um, I think it's pretty clear these are the three teams at the bottom. Nebraska, though, I think they're getting better. Um, Hoiberg obviously starting to get talents and the, the McGowan boys, uh, will certainly help them. Um, but then Penn state, our boy, Brian snow out there now. And I, I like their coach Shrewsbury. I think he's going to do a really good job, but that, that whole roster is basically resetting. And speaking of reset, I just Minnesota get anybody back from that. I, I don't think there's anybody like, can you name a Minnesota player? I doubt it. There's two guys I can recognize on their roster right now. Peyton Willis, which didn't he transfer out from Minnesota and then transfer back? That sounds familiar, yeah. And then Eric Curry. Those are the two guys I know. Curry's still there? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, other than that, wow. And then, you know, Penn State's got Lundy, Sessoms, Dredd, Harar. Some solid play. The Jalen Pickett transfer, I kind of like that. Um, So I think they can be – Do they have Brockington or is he gone? He's gone. So I think yeah. they can be competitive. Like there's some guys that I think will battle. They can ugly up some games, get a couple wins um, against the Iowa's, Nebraska's, Minnesota's of the world. But like I, Northwestern, but I, I don't see, you know, more than six wins for that team either. No, it's gonna be tough sledding for them. Nebraska is gonna be a little bit more talented. Like McGowan's coming in. I, I liked the one that was there this past year as a transfer, like he's got some talent and then his brother's a five-star. How about Alonzo Verge sighting? That's a throwback. Like he's, he's there in, in Lincoln now. I mean, he's got some, got some ability inefficient yeah. as we already used that term. I think that applies to him as well. Uh, let's just, but here's the weird thing about Nebraska is they got 
like five seniors who are gone after this year. McGowan's, Verge, Webster, Mayan. Like all those guys. Like, so what's their roster look like next year? Like, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. But No idea. Yeah. Uh, we also give our all Big Ten. I had the player of the year's Kofi Coburn. Our freshman of the year, Caleb Houston uh, from Michigan. But I didn't include Trevion Williams. I felt dirty for it. I'm really dirty for it. But I think Coburn and Liddell are the best players. I can't leave off Dickinson. Sorry, Illini fans. I know you don't like him. I just think Jaden Ivey's probably going to be the best player in Purdue, so I put him on there. And, yeah, I put Curbelo. I think he's going to – him and Ivey are going to take huge leaps uh, as sophomores. I was right on board with you on all of those choices. Travion is, is a tough leave-off. I would give the nod. If it was Travion Dickinson, I would choose Dickinson over, over him. But – uh, if you wanted to, if you wanted to make an argument as far as Curbelo and Travion or Ivy and Travion, yeah. I think Ivy's going to have the year. I think both those guards deserve to be on there. So I'm with you. Good to talk hoops, Derek. I got to let you go to radio, man. I just forgot about that. So oh, you're good. Uh, I'll let you out. Good to talk hoops and uh, we'll yep. have plenty of content to talk hoops coming up. Thanks, man. Sounds good. See you in media day. Great stuff as always. And check out IlliniInquire.com because we're going to have a lot of content coming on Illini basketball. Joy Wagner is a great feature on Kofi Coburn being the big man on campus. His junior season back with the students, unlike last year where he could barely be around anybody. Uh, so being one of the faces of college basketball on the Illini campus, Joy had a great chat with him. Check that out. And of course, Derek will have the latest on recruiting. I'll have a breakdown of where they stand in 2022, 23, and uh, upcoming here with 24, a big weekend for them uh, but he'll also we'll also have plenty of content from Illini Basketball Media Day on Friday which is exciting to be able to talk with Brad Underwood about his team about the start of practice uh, as well as talk with all these players a lot of these guys we haven't seen and met in person and, and been with in person for a really really long time uh, so it's nice like Coleman Hawkins we haven't talked to in person as, since he's been a player at Illinois Andre Curbelo the same way it's great talking with those guys but it's been through a, a computer screen uh, so be able to meet these guys uh, and talk with them in person, talk about the team uh, and talk about the exciting season ahead. We're looking forward to that. Uh, so we have all the latest updates at Illini Inquirer. As always, appreciate listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast and give us a, a rating and review as well wherever you get your podcast. That, pre- that helps us out a lot and we do appreciate it. Until next time, take care of each other and have a great day and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.